Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's the right journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. I'm Regina. And I am Christine. So, Christine, I saw through your Insta story that you went to Ryan Higa's book signing recently. I did. I think it's so amazing, and I'm so happy for him that he has a book out. That's so crazy. Yeah. I reached out to him prior to his book release because my younger cousin's birthday was coming up, and I thought it was a good gift to give her for her birthday. And he said that he was going to be in L.A. and to just come out to that. So when I went to the Grove, oh my gosh, there were so (laughs) many people. It was at the Grove and the line went out of the Grove and into the blocks, into the homes of people. It was amazing to see the diversity there. And I think that's what I really love about comedy is that it reaches across races, it reaches across ages, and gen- it's just many people can respond to that. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I really admire about Ryan is his willingness to take risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does such random videos, and some are hit, some are missed, but I really, really admire the fact that he's willing to try these things because I think a lot of comics try to stay within their own comfort zones. Yeah, watching Ryan grow as a content creator really inspires me because he keeps pushing the envelope. He could stay comfortable doing exactly what he's doing and still maintain millions (laughs) of subscribers, Mm -hmm. but he's not focused on the numbers. He just focused on how he can keep pushing himself to deliver funnier things in a different way. Mm -hmm, Definitely. I just remember when we worked with him in the past, he's just such a nice guy as well. I remember I met him once and he already remembered my name and I was like, oh my gosh, he really pays attention to the people who work with him and help him along the way. Yeah, I come he's so humble. He's someone that after all the success, he's just the one person I feel has always maintained his humbleness. Oh yeah. And even when I saw him, he was just so gracious, so nice to me and my cousin. Thank you, Ryan. We're so happy and so proud of you. Be sure to go out and grab a copy of his book. Yes. At Barnes and Nobles, Amazon and Target. We'll leave one of the links down below so you can look it up yourself and go buy your copy. <laughs> so Regina transition (laughs) segue what are we talking about this week this week we are talking about fomo fomo i always feel like fomo is such like a dooming word like fomo (laughs) it is a dooming word because it's that gut-wrenching feeling that you're missing out on something so what does fomo stand for for those who don't know (laughs) fomo stands for fear of missing out FOMO is something that we've all gone through. It's something that can really affect us. And so we really wanted to dive into this topic to talk about how FOMO has affected us in the past, how we see it now, and give you guys advice on how we get over that Instagram FOMO. (laughs) Which is so real. (laughs) So whether they didn't invite you or you chose not to go, it's that uneasy and sometimes all-consuming feeling that you're missing out, that your peers are doing or in the know or in possession of more or something better than you. That's quite a definition. (laughs) I know. I found it in this article and I really, really liked it. (laughs) And I just feel like when you start getting a lot of anxiety or depression because you feel like everyone else is doing so much more than you are. Right, right. It's just the feeling of feeling jealous 
or envious and insecure about what you're doing versus what everyone else seems to be doing. And that can either be from a small 10 second clip that you saw on Snapchat, or it can actually be your friends traveling the world and you feeling a certain way about it. So it doesn't have to be just like, oh, I wasn't invited to a party. It's a lot of things that you can feel FOMO about. Exactly. Every single day you wake up, someone has a new dog, someone's getting engaged, someone's going to a new country. It's like this never ending cycle. I feel like that starts to lead you to feeling very unhappy about your life because then you start seeing all the things that other people are that you're not or what other people have that you don't or what people are doing that you're not. And it is this kind of overwhelming feeling that you're just not doing enough or not being enough. It's another sense of comparison. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now with social media, it's more immediate and in your hand and more real time than ever. Exactly. Where before in the past, I grew up, I didn't have any of the social media stuff. You only found out afterwards. And that still sucked. But nowadays, you can actually see... (laughs) You can see the event in real time. Yeah, <laughs> that you're not invited to and that everyone else is having a good time. And so there's another layer of just like, are you serious? Yeah. And I think FOMO often originates from unhappiness. You're very dissatisfied with the way that your life is going. So you go to social media as an outlet to escape, but then it ends up making you feel even more FOMO. And it's so crazy to me that as we were doing research for this topic, I was reading up on all these articles and everybody was saying that there are these high percentages of people. And the first thing they do when they wake up and the last thing they do before they go to bed is check social media. And I thought about my life and I was like, oh my gosh, that is me. There's just so much to check to see all the things that you're missing out on. Yeah. It's what's been going on since you weren't on your phone. I feel like I don't even have a specific story because I tend to have this feeling of FOMO pretty much on the daily, mm-hmm. constantly seeing my friends who are traveling all the time, getting new jobs, going on new adventures, getting new homes. And then I begin to internalize it. And I started to notice that when I was looking for a new job, I started noticing all the people who are getting new jobs. Mm. And then when I was really itching to go travel somewhere, I saw all the different people traveling to all these different countries, all the countries that I haven't been to, the countries that are on my bucket list. And it's just such a terrible feeling because then it like hurts to look at other people doing the things that you want to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that FOMO actually reveals a lot about your inner wants and desires (laughs) like you don't even recognize before those are things that you wanted to do but when you see someone else do it you're like oh my gosh I want to do that or that seems so cool Mm -hmm. you start feeling like how come they get to do it how did they get to that point and you look at your life and how you're not doing those things it kind of just points out the things that you're not doing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so as of lately what has been your latest FOMO Lately, I've been feeling like I'm in limbo. Mm. I have a lot of friends who are starting to move into the city now Mm -hmm. and they're starting their New York journey. Whereas I've been here for a few years now, so I'm a little more seasoned. I'm a little more jaded even, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even though they're coming into my city that I've been in for a while. Wow. Excuse you. (laughs) It's like, I am a New Yorker and you're coming into my city? (laughs) 
<laughs> but I think of it as like they're coming in and they're working on all these really cool projects and they're meeting all these really cool people and everything's new. And I feel like part of me kind of misses that glitz or starriness of it all. And so that's actually something ironically that I'm FOMO about just people who are new coming into New York City. <laughs> I mean, that's a very relatable feeling. I think it's interesting when you point it out because that's not something we think about. We don't stop and think about, oh, people experiencing something for the newness of it, the excitement. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that it's that naive, very innocent, like, or it's like someone that goes to Disneyland for the first time and it completely blows their mind. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a, there has to be a word for that. There should be. I know. It's kind of like how I have these TV shows that I watch all the time. Like I watch 30 Rock all the time. I watch Friends all the time, The Office, Parks and Rec. But it's like, oh, to be that person, to watch it for the first time. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> As you're watching it, you're like, oh, if I was somebody that was watching this for the first time, yeah, exactly. they would really enjoy it. <laughs> Actually, that is kind of like FOMO, isn't it? Where Yeah. It's, it's like a weird sense of FOMO. It's like as you're doing it, you're thinking about what other people <laughs> are thinking and doing and how they would experience things. I think that FOMO is actually a very insightful FOMO. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Because most people, when you think of FOMO, it's like, I always think of like parties and events and mm-hmm. taking a picture with a churro and ice cream. And you're like, oh, that place looks so cool. How come I'm not there? Yeah, I think that that definitely is kind of like the general sense of FOMO, too, especially in a city like New York, where there's always constantly something to do. Seeing what other people are doing, seeing the galleries are going to or parties are going to and being like, oh, oh, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, oh, okay, that's good for you. But I really want to be there. Yeah, you like like the photo and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) next. Anyways, I experienced FOMO kind of in the opposite way. I don't actually know if it's the exact opposite, but I've been saying no to a lot of events. Because you sound like I'm invited to everything, you know? Oh my god, you're so popular. I'm like so popular. I did a hair flip for people that, or you guys can see me. It's just because I've really needed time to myself. I also feel not only an obligation to the things I'm invited to, but of course I do want to see the people. But even after I say no, like I, I'm already starting off with that kind of guilty feeling, which I need to work on. But even after I say no, I still see the people that go to these events and they're snapping and they're insta storying and their photos. I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> I was like, I did it to myself. I could have been there. I could have be part of it. But I'm still, I'm watching them. I'm feeling like, oh, I'm missing <laughs> oh out. Oh my gosh, I've definitely Does done that, that before. Yes, <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. Sometimes I'm like, I just need a night to myself. I want to stay home. And then oh, my friends will be like, oh, we're going to go get drinks here. And sometimes New York has these very opportune moments where you just had to have been there for that one time that you happened to know someone who knew someone else who like had a really nice rooftop and then you guys ended up there and oh, that sounds awesome yeah and then yeah exactly and then it happens and i'm like oh <laughs> and i'm like D-, and then i'm like watching their snaps like fuming yeah. and i'm like damn it i could have been there and it's like the fomo doesn't go away just because you said no or <laughs> you were the one who opted out yeah but it's self-inflicted so you you only blame it's yourself yeah. <laughs> and i often get frustrated at myself because i'm like you said no. You have no right to be feeling FOMO right now. <laughs> what I've learned from that is if I say I need time to myself, 
I put the phone away because the tendency mm. is to want to be updated, right? To see like what other people mm-hmm. are doing. But then what is the point of me staying home and saying no and then regretting my decision and checking? The, you know, it's just like there was a purpose for me to stay in and staying true to that should be focusing on what I want to do versus wasting that time checking on what other people are doing and then feeling bad or feeling regret. When I actually stopped to think about it, the reason why I said no is because I don't really want to spend the night drinking, wearing heels, staying out till 3 a.m. in the morning. I really prefer to stay at home editing podcast episodes and catching up on Master of None and House of Cards. That's how I actually mm-hmm. want to spend my night. But once we start checking on other people's stories and news feeds and stuff, we start feeling anxious and insecure about our own decisions because everyone else chose the other thing then it emphasizes the fact that you're alone and you were the one person that didn't pick that thing. And you start looking at yourself like, what is wrong with me? Why didn't I do that? Also think that things are more epic in our heads than actually in reality. Have you ever been to events that you're just like, nah, I could have not come. Mm -hmm. Or it actually wasn't that great of an event. Like I've actually been to events or parties or just hangouts and it actually wasn't a good night, but then I was there for the group photo. Mm-hmm. And the boomerangs. Yeah. And then it looks like it's <laughs> such a great night, but then you actually know the reality of what happened that night. And sometimes there was drama. Sometimes there was tension. Things didn't work out. And you're like, that actually wasn't that. But those were the moments that didn't make it onto social. Exactly. Those are things that we know, too. We've talked about this before about social media where it's everyone's highlight reels. Yeah. I mean, I know that I get anxiety all the time too, just watching other people's stories. But again, always having to learn to take that step back and really being like, okay, I see what everyone else is doing and that's okay, but that's their lives. And not trying to replicate that through your own life or not try to use it as like an attack on your own personal life or your own social life, just looking at other people's lives. No, totally. I think, I know this is getting into more social media, but social media is just people imitating other people. I feel especially with social media, it's like a copy and paste, copy and paste. You just put a different face. It's just a different person doing Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And a lot Mm -hmm. of styles of photos are just the same. Then you have to ask yourself, is this your life or are you copying somebody else's life? And are you even enjoying what you're doing? You go to this museum because this person took a cool photo in this way and now you want that photo, but did you actually enjoy the museum? I think those are such basic questions that we tend to forget because we don't slow down and we don't take the time to understand the value of that experience. Mm -hmm. A lot of these articles that we're reading, it seems so just like, well, duh, appreciate the moment, live in the present, but we do forget about that. Because you're all about that gram. Oh, I'm all about that gram. I've definitely, I, I will admit, I paid $25 to go into a museum because there was one photo that I wanted to get. <laughs> like, I'm completely guilty of it. And I will admit to that. And I think that the kind of step-by-step process of getting over FOMO or learning to deal with FOMO is learning to be comfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that this is something that all of us really struggle with because social media is our escape. And when we're unhappy with the way that our life is going, or if we're bored at a meeting or at work, you just immediately go on Instagram and you're immediately connected to what everyone else is doing. It's the distractions. It's a distraction. And it promotes this idea of perfection. And because you know the people on your feed, that idea of perfection seems very attainable. And when you look at other people, you're like, well, they attained it, so I can too. And then it's this vicious cycle. And it becomes an obsession. 
constantly checking and you're trying to evaluate your life and then you're trying to perfect what you're posting and what you're doing and you keep rechecking, rechecking, rechecking. I have to constantly check myself during the day how many times I'm opening up Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Those are my go-to things all the time. I'm like, I'm not even living my life right now. I'm so busy spending all this time. Actually, maybe I should do that. I should really time myself on how much time I spend on social media Mm -hmm. a week and see, that's where my time goes. I'm scared to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like actually terrified to do that. I mean, I completely agree. I think that social media, by kind of diving into this world, we start to lose sight of our own lives and what we actually possess because we're constantly looking at what everyone else has. Uh, that brings us to the next advice. We're missing the point in life if we're wrapped up in FOMO. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just You think of the irony, right? You're spending time fearing that you're missing out on something when you actually have the control and power to be doing something. The amount of time that you spend sitting on your couch looking at someone else's coffee photo, you could be going to get that coffee yourself. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the more you fear missing out, the more you actually are missing out <laughs> in your own life. So I think... That really was my biggest takeaway when I am in FOMO. Because I'm like, but you can totally do that now. Even if you don't have a car, you feel like, oh, my parents won't let me do this. Well, there are things that in your life you could do right now for you. And to be honest, if you're FOMOing about somebody else, you should be sure that somebody else is FOMOing about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> FOMO to fight FOMO. <laughs> the point that we're trying to make is that you should take the time now to look at what you have in your life and what great, amazing things that you are doing and what you can be doing with your time instead of focusing on what other people are doing. And I think, like we said, FOMO is just another life experience of feeling left out and comparing your life to somebody else. Yeah. And I think that sometimes it scares me how easily I get wrapped up in that because it's the first thing I do. It's the thing that I do right before I go to bed. And so sometimes these feelings consume me. And Christine and I talk about this a lot too, where sometimes I look at her and I'm like, oh, you're having so much fun. You're doing all these things. She's like, what about you? You're doing all these things. And it's like this back and forth when in reality, a lot of the times we actually do spend a lot of time at home working on the podcast and working on other stuff. But we don't see that because we're not constantly Insta-storying it or snapping it. And so (laughs) it's just so funny that... It happens even between the two of us and we talk to each other almost on the daily. Yeah, but I've built an interpretation of what I think Regina's life is based (laughs) off of what she posts. And in reality, it's not all those things because she spends so much time at work to the endless hours spreadsheets and going over numbers and then and same with me with like editing this podcast and all these things that you guys don't know about but those are the real day-to-day activities that happen that to be honest we think that it's not that interesting to post and i think that's really what social media is we're not going to post up things that we don't find interesting so Mm -hmm. we pick the most interesting parts about our day our week and the prettiest and cutest things exactly exactly and that's actually where i've come to this point in my life where i don't post as much i'm just not as into sharing things on that level anymore because I've really taken the time to just enjoy that for myself. Because I feel like when I whip out the phone, it takes my concentration away from what I'm actually doing at the time because I'm so focused Mm. on getting that snap, right? Or getting that right photo. And then I realized I've been spending 30 minutes doing that. And what am I doing with my life when I'm at this park and I'm not enjoying it and I'm trying to take a photo of it to show other people? Yeah, no, I, I definitely am like that too. I mean, even I need to take a step back too because I really enjoy capturing things and capturing the moment. But when I'm spending all my time trying to capture it, 
then I forget to actually look at it. I'm just looking at it through my screen or through a lens. And so I think that for me, I'm also trying to learn to take photos when necessary, but also put away my phone when it's time. And also going back to what you were saying about when you see other people doing things with their lives, whether it's like, oh, they're traveling or they got a new job or they got a new home. I realized that with that type of FOMO, sometimes it's worth digging in deeper because like I said, it's like an internal want or desire that you're not fully paying attention to because I feel like it could reveal something about yourself, why you're envious of what they're doing. So if you find yourself constantly feeling FOMO of people traveling or maybe you see photos of your friend who finally moved out to LA to pursue her dream in entertainment and you feel a certain way about that, maybe that's highlighting the fact that you might want to take a risk in your career. It may not be in entertainment per se or it may not be in moving out somewhere. It's just wanting to take that risk and you see someone else do it and it highlights your inner insecurity and your inner desire to want to do that. So sometimes you can take FOMO in a really good way and self-reflect upon maybe this is the universe trying to nudge you into believing in yourself more and highlighting that part where that is your soul wishing for that and perhaps it's worth looking into how you can work towards that type of life or making those type of decisions so that you're not looking at somebody else doing that and feeling envious but that you can live it yourself Mm -hmm. and I think it's really really important to note that you're following a lot of different people on Instagram and on Snapchat and whatever other social outlets you use. The accumulation of all these ideas and new shiny adventures and things that you're seeing, it's spanned across, I don't know, I think I follow maybe like 200 some people. So everything I see is spanned across like 200 some people. All in different areas of the world. Exactly. And so when I look at it on a daily basis, I have to remind myself that I'm scrolling through the lives of about 200 or so people. And so of course, there's going to be someone who's traveling. Of course, there's going to be people who are starting a new job and getting a new home and doing all these things. It's not that everyone is doing it. Mm -hmm. It's like if you were to follow that one person and just that one person, like they're not doing all all of these things at the same time. It's just that you're looking at such a big sample group that you're focused on. And so you just feel like it's all these things are constantly happening. And that's why if you notice there's a specific thing or a couple of things that you pay attention to, that's something that speaks to you. And it's taking notice of that. Mm -hmm. The number one question I get asked all the time is like, how do you know what your passion is? How do you begin to find it? Well, (laughs) here, literally... (laughs) The end of your fingertips, you can see what speaks to you. And there's a reason Mm -hmm. why those things interest you and why you feel a certain way. So those are the beginning inklings of what your passion could be about. And I think that overall, one of the things that's really helped me through all of this FOMO is keeping a gratitude journal. Write down one line of something that you're grateful for every single day. Mm -hmm. When you're living your life day to day, things kind of get mundane after work, if it was just a very bland day, I didn't go and meet up with anyone after work or didn't do anything exciting at work. It's just kind of like a very plain day to me. I'll find something that excited me, whether that it was finally sunny for the first time in a week or my friend made me laugh with this joke. I try to take note of those little things because then it helps me internalize my own life instead of internalizing other people's lives. Then I can start appreciating all the things that I have going for me instead of focusing on what everyone else is doing. I think that's a great, great tip. I started that maybe six years ago and I did like two months of it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but it really teaches you mindfulness. Since now I don't do it, like the day passes and I'm already thinking about, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't do this and what am I doing tomorrow? And it's so easy to just coast through life that way when what Regina is doing, you actually get to what we mean by slowing down and living in the present. Being mindful is a great way to practice that. And mm-hmm. I definitely think that, you know what? I'm inspired after you said that to start that again. Mm-hmm. Oprah has a version where you actually write down five things at the end of the day of what you feel grateful for that has happened to you in that day. Mm. So you break down your day and you actually think about it. And do you remember me texting you like a snippet of my journal before? And I was like, when mm, I, f- yeah. yeah, I do. And I was like, it was mm-hmm. around the time where I first met Regina. And I actually wrote down, I'm like, <laughs> I'm so thankful that I get to have coworkers who are like friends and family, like Regina. Just that concept of just, you know, the new feeling that you're just talking about in the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm, just like, mm-hmm. oh, everything's so bright and shiny. That's yeah. how I felt. When I was looking back on it now, I was like, oh, that was a feeling I had. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've also become so numb to it because we talk to each other all the time now. Like it feels very just normal. Oh, yeah. Like, let me just text Christine about X, Y, Z. Yeah. But I do remember at the very beginning when we were starting to have our till 2 a.m. conversations yeah. in our cars and stuff like that. It was a very exciting feeling. And I still feel that is part of our relationship. But when you're, you know, going through the day to day of everything, you forget about it. And starting that journal, you could go back and look at your journey throughout. It really shows you what you've been through with your friends, in your career. And you really get to appreciate some of the moments where, for example, having this relationship with Regina and how it's blossomed to what we're doing now with this podcast. That's a journey. And also having that type of relationship with someone that was started off as a coworker. It doesn't happen all the time. It, mm-hmm. That actually is very rare. So to have that, it really highlights and points certain things in your life that you find important and endearing. And then when you're able to zone in on that, then you can try to make it a goal to find that again or to work towards developing meaningful relationships mean something to you versus having a bunch of acquaintances and just networking. And this takes a lot of work. Earlier this year, I also started a planner. As you can tell, I love stationery, but I started the passion planner. I do like to do their monthly reflections where it's like, who am I most thankful for this month? How did I feel about this month? How did it improve from the previous month? And what do I hope to do better? And it's like little things like this that I can start tracking. A lot of the time I do write down like I need to focus on me more instead of trying to look at what other people are doing. Just trying to really bring it back to square one, who I am, what I'm doing and where I hope to go and how I'm using all of my resources and the people around me to help me get there. Yeah. yeah. I actually really recommend the passion planner mm-hmm. and the happiness planner. The happiness planner actually has an app where oh. you go through this process where they ask you what are the things that you're happy about and you list them out and they're like why does that make you happy? Then list 10 things what makes you unhappy and what are you going to do about it? It helps you look at your life day to day and how you can improve. So I'm like, "Oh, the beach makes me happy." Then it'd be like, "Well, how many days a week should you implement that or out of the month?" 
and it breaks it down to achievable steps of how you can maximize your happiness and pay attention to what makes you unhappy and work towards eliminating that from your life or minimizing that. Mm, interesting. I'll definitely have to try that. Yeah, we'll leave all those links in the description below. Yeah, I think that this is such a great... I, To be honest, I didn't know where this episode was going to end up in terms of where <laughs> FOMO was going to lead us. <laughs> And actually, it provided a lot of great self-reflection on my life of what I want to do, like starting a gratitude journal now. So, you know, FOMO can lead to great things too. (laughs) (laughs) It can, it can. And I do completely agree with Christine where start looking at the things that you're FOMOing about. That's something really to focus on. It can be even as simple as looking at the accounts you follow on Instagram. Like, do you follow a lot of food blogs? Do you follow a lot of museums? Really taking notice of that and trying to implement that more into your life because you're following those accounts anyway. So why not try to do more of those things in your own life? For you. For, for you. you. Not to post photos right. for your followers or your friends to see. Like, focus on doing it for you yourself and enjoying that experience. Mm-hmm. And the things that make you happy. Yay! Thank you for joining us for another episode of Perfectly Imperfect. If you've enjoyed this episode and or any of our past episodes, please, please, please tell a friend. It helps us so much because I know that with podcasts, it means so much more when it's passed along by word of mouth from friend to friend. So if you have a friend who has major (laughs) FOMO and a lot of things, (laughs) send them the link to this episode. It may help them to live a happier life. Or if a friend who's dating an asshole, we have an episode about that too. (laughs) We're working on creating an episode for everything. So (laughs) feel free to just pass along the word. So thank you so much for joining us for another week of Perfectly Imperfect. We always love to spend our time with you. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.